What is up? Welcome back to Big Fat Five. I'm back from tour. Oh, sorry. A podcast financially supported by Big Fat Stare Drum. So I'm back from tour in my nice echoey uh, home office, which I need to get fixed. But yeah, it's a fun tour. Thanks for hanging out with me. Um, throughout that, I didn't actually do as many solo episodes as I had planned because it just worked out with guests. So it's not a bad thing. But this week's guest is Willie Rodriguez. Willie is a Latin Grammy award-winning drummer and percussionist based in New York City. Born and raised in Puerto Rico, Willie has been playing since he was 13, and his list of associated acts is endless, including Omar Rodriguez Lopez, Mon Laferte, Domino Saints, and many more. After leaving Puerto Rico, he attended Berklee College of Music and began making a name for himself in the Boston music scene rather quickly, but he ultimately set up shop in New York City, where he lives today. His work with Omar eventually led him to being called to drum on the newest Mars Volta record, which is an insane honor for any drummer, but Willie really is a singular player. He's extremely knowledgeable and well-plugged into so many scenes and genres that you can't really describe him in any particular way. He's just Willie. So also hit him up on Instagram next time you're in New York City, and he'll point you to the right place to go. He knows where all the cool cats are playing. So for the time being, please enjoy my chat with the Willie Rodriguez about the five records that shaped him into the player he is today. Cheers. the initial characteristics of a drummer that help you decide oh i'm turned on by this style of playing oh for me it's just the the refreshing feeling that i get out of the player at the moment it, it is as it is just that in my case <clears throat> sometimes i like um you know something that i had never heard or something in a different way or, you know, it's, it's a refreshing part of it, for sure, no doubt. And when it, because we're talking about influences on this show today, so how do you digest your influences without simply imitating? And talking to you, I mean, you have an incredible voice behind the instrument, which is why you're sought after by so many different genres of musicians. How did you decide, you know, envelop all those those influences, but still be Willie? Oh, it's a good question. For me, it's, it's, a, it's a different case because I'm actually trying to sound like them exactly, but it just doesn't come out, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yes, I do try, you know, I would love to sound, you know, like all those guys 100%. I would love to be Jackie Yonet and Elvin and, you know, and Virgil Donati, you know. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's just that, you know, I, I naturally, you know, we're humans. It's, it's, it's just my version of those players that's coming out. I think, but um, one thing I do a lot, I, I do cross styles of music a lot. I, I practice my routines is one day I go dive deep into Matt Rose. The next day I'm deep into Sharik Tucker. 
and the next day is beanie Toyota. You know, I I do tend to practice different things every day because it, it keeps me um sharp in the performing environment, basically. The more styles I'm always aware because here in New York, you know, you can do you do so many different gigs, so different styles. Those, that's one thing. But I did focus a lot in, in in the in the masters, in the old masters, Max Roach, Philly Joe, LB Jones, Tony Williams, Roy Haynes. Oh yeah. And then you know, of course, the the the, the modern masters, contemporary like Dave Werkel, Vinny Colaiuta, Danny Chambers, and now the the jazz, the new jazz wave like. Justin Brown, Greco Sombri, um, you know, Marcus Gilmore, Tyson Sorry, mm-hmm. those guys. But I'm basically I try to imitate them hundred percent and I transcribe them. I'm like go deep on it, it just doesn't come out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like like that. Well, it sounds amazing, whatever you're doing. So <laughs> thank you. I did want to touch on the Mars Volta record real quick. When you were going into that, and obviously I'm sure people have asked this question a million times in different ways, it is a very, it's a departure from a lot of their their, their stuff, and it sounds amazing. You got some sneaky beats in there, like at the end of Vigil, so everyone go check it out. But what was the mindset going into that? Basically, Omar just told me this is going to be a pop album. Mm. And from that, I just, yeah, I just had to disconnect all my <laughs> oh, yeah. different things that I thought it was going to be. And we went to the pop thing. Um, he he mentioned the pop album probably because he wanted just more sim- simple, less is more type of music, type of drumming. Because, you know, he comes from Thomas, the John Theodore, the Anthony, those guys, you know. So I think he wanted something totally different. Um, I mean, he, he didn't want to do like Katy Perry pop, obviously. He he was doing, you know, he's still, you know, a, a deep cat in terms of rock and, 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 and experimental and all the stuff. But I think what he he definitely, the, the, the day of actually right there, I just got there in the studio and he told me this is going to be a pop album. And I knew it right away. Less is more. Solid time. Keep it. Follow the vocals. Keep it simple. Were you Were you surprised when he said that? Because I, I know you've worked with um, Omar in the past. Um, mm-hmm. You guys have an extensive past together. But when he did have that conversation, like the flight there, were you like, "All right, I gotta, I gotta hit as hard as I can." Like you're kind of in your own head about that when mm-hmm. he said pop album. Was that just okay? Uh, Man, it, it, it no, it was it was shocking. Of course, it was shocking. Uh, but uh, but but positive because I had done pop albums with him before, and and there were you know we even got a whole Grammy thing. You know, it was his his really a good producer. But um, it was a little shocking because the session we did before for the same album for the Mars Volta, it was it was rock. You know, it was like up meters and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is gonna be people are gonna lose it. And then coming to the the real session, you know, the day that he's like, yeah, this is it. This is what we do. And I bring in my brothers, I bring in Marcel, I bring in, you know, the the whole crew. Mm-hmm. That that was really pop. But but man, you know, it's, it's even me, I'm going to be almost 40. You know, do you really sometimes, you know, we get tired, but, you know, it's, just, it's more about <laughs> like, yeah. do you really, you know, want to want to go to a mosh pit, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but um, but yeah, I think it's just he, you know, mature. He, he it's not he's maturing, but growing musically, 
and, and, and you know, and and you know, it's it's hard to make simple music too. It's as hard as make a plane thirteen by you know or eleven up meters. You know, it's, it's it is hard. It, it is it is its own science. It's its own you know. It's it's minimalistic. You know, it's like try to do a Picasso. You understand? You know, it's just crazy. It's it's difficult too. When I did send you um, the form and said you have to pick five because that's the name of the of this podcast. What was the mindset going into it? Was it stressful? Did you know right away? Oh, these are my five. How's the vibe? Oh man, overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, definitely overwhelming because so many albums, so many artists. But then um, you, you say something clearly: the drum, the drum influenced you and helped you. Mm-hmm. That's what I was like. Yes, I had to pick these albums because um, I don't know. Me and you probably come from this generation that we learn from from drum videos too, like the Mono Drummer Festival, uh, the De- Dennis Chambers um, in the pocket, um, Dave Weckl, um Serious Move, um, Back to the Basics, the, mm-hmm. all those BHS, I definitely learned the most, but we're talking about albums, so that's a different thing. But uh, but definitely, yeah, pick some albums. And and it, it, it was, man, it, it was a challenge too, because uh, like, for example, I love Beanie Call of Yuta, and I, I, don't, I don't have that many albums with Beanie on it, besides, uh, I can say, this is my being the after the you know, so I had to like carefully pick and, and yeah, but it was, yeah, definitely a challenge for sure. Right on. Well, let's just get into it. And so the first one is uh, evil empire. The release year is you were very specific. I love this April of 1996. The artist is rage against the machine. The song choice is people of the sun and the drummer is Brad Wilkes. So let's just play a little bit of this song and then we will, we'll talk about it. Come on. So powerful. My God, Brad. <laughs> All right. Take yes. it away, Willie. Well, first I want to say thank you to my neighbors for letting me practice this every day. <laughs> my God, imagine. Um, but this is not like the first record that I actually nailed the whole album. It gave me it gave me a lot of stuff. It gave me pocket. It gave me um it gave me that John Bohem type of thing that I discovered it was John Bohem years after, of course. It's just, and the album speak to me too because of the Latino political message that the album was bringing. And, you know, I was like 14, 15, so, you know, I was a total rebel, you know, that we all did at that age. And definitely nailing those grooves, the simplicity, but the solid and, and, and hard, loud, you know, sound that you have to bring out the instrument and the stamina that you need too. You're hitting hard the whole time. So mm-hmm. that definitely helped me with um, nail the basic groove in time 
with solid, you know, ray shots, you know, to the snare solid, your hand is solid, you have a deep bass drum. And yeah, for sure is it's helped me to to get the what people call, you know, do your job behind the drum set, keep a solid time and play the song. Did you start setting your drum set up like Brad or like was he like a physical influence to you as well? No. Um, well, I grew up with a with a really old Gresh. Thank God, you know, and so I, I was spoiled in that, you know, I have yeah, a all 13, 20, 16, 14 snare uh, Gresh, actually Round Bash that was owned by Alex Acuna. My wow. dad is a, is a musician too. Okay. And Alex Acuna studied music in Puerto Rico, actually, before he moved to the United States or yeah, in the 60s or 70s around there. And they were good friends. My dad played too. So he left his drums in my house. So I was like, definitely hitting those and and the sound was theirs actually i just remember i, I didn't even have a bass drum head in the front so that it, that beefy low was there and mm -hmm. yeah so i just it, it was just moving the whole time because you know the little legs they're they're not oh yeah solid. Totally. the ones that you can see you can see elvin like putting the nail the nail on yeah, the yeah yeah, those yeah, ones, yeah. No, no rug no way to <laughs> yeah to hold yeah. it and and yeah the, um i was at the beginning you know i have friends in my school Puerto Rico have a lot of talented people. So I have friends, you know, in, in well, I was in ninth grade. They, they were nailing like dream theater and stuff like that. I was like, no, let me do race. <laughs> let me get this down. And I'm still finding and hearing my playing to tell you the truth. I'm super happy I did nail this record. And it was my official like, wow, I did this whole album. I, I know this album top to bottom and super proud of it. Yeah. Well, I hope they come back. Um, know, and yeah, I, I hope know. Zach gets better because mm -hmm. I know that injury, I saw the video, it did not look fun. Um, yeah. Hey, y'all. I wanted to, <laughs> I can't say, I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drum Co. It's an ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum, and it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three position strainer, 42 strand wires. It's lovely, it's loud, and it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And, and Preston actually, this is why it's called the Ocean Patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his his you know where he makes all of his drums. It was really cool. He walked me through the episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with a drum, and it was it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at bigfatsnaredrum.com, just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show, but go check it out. This drum is beautiful, and he actually let me use it on an Eve Six tour, and I didn't keep it and I regretted it ever since then just because I was trying to pinch pennies at the time and I just kept thinking about it and so the opportunity to get it again was presented and it is one of my favorite drums so the ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum check it out reach out to me go to vessel drum co the instagram's just at vessel drum co and check it out it's amazing it's beautiful sounds great bye but all right so 
Number two, the album is a love supreme. Honestly, not talked about enough, even though it should be in every drummer's uh, record collection. Mm. Uh, the release year is, again, you're being very specific, January 1965. The mm. artist is, of course, John Coltrane. The song choice is Pursuance. And the drummer is, I just talked about him, Elvin Jones. So yeah, is there a certain spot of this song you want to play? Because I know it's it's uh, it's not a short song. Um, or do you want to just start from the top? Um, you can put a little bit of the solo at the beginning of the song. Because okay. I know it's a long song. But what I like about it was that um, because I was so into hard rock and all that stuff. And then this thing for me had the same energy. It was like hard, you know? And, and I was Absolutely. like, how, how this can be jazz was hard too. It was like, wow. So that's why I picked that song actually. But um, but yeah, definitely put put um the drum solo coming to the song is 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 what I, I dig the most. Is I find it really ballsy how he do it. And but it's up to you, but whatever you, you want to put on, yeah. different way so yeah great so this album it it really taught me how like music is a spiritual thing how is this music is this church it is mm -hmm. your connection with with something bigger whatever it is whatever you call it and that's and that's the main influence besides everything else but definitely the way this album touched me spiritually really i feel is this is should be talk about drum wise too because as drummers we are we're musicians are messengers you're, you're trying to help someone bring this message whatever the same so this album i think covers that in terms of uh in the title itself a lost supreme and all that i picked this tune for for the for the fact of how aggressive it is and his solo how intense it is and how just go on it right away and then piano solo so that's like you have to bring all your energies down and mm -hmm. just like tam the lion up this is so difficult man that's like if if if, if you know and how he stay there and, and and how the tune gradually get faster and he, he's not louder and and the sound the drum sounds like there are like at least a probably i'm wrong but a 20 inch bass drum definitely a 16 or a 12 or a 13 you know old drum set so yeah it's not easy to control this thing in the studio and back in the day it was mostly probably overheads and room mics so the you know it's some genius behind it 
And LB Jones, what else we can say? Um, you can hear a difference from before Elvin and after Elvin. Yep. And, and how influential he is. And even, I believe, I'm not I'm probably wrong, but even he influenced John Bonham because John Bonham used to love jazz and stuff like that. Elvin's been working in New York since the 50s. So mm-hmm. probably there's some link over there too because the triplet thing, yep. Elvin was doing it already in, in late 50s and early 60s. And, but yeah, Elvin definitely one of my biggest influence. The the laid back, the spiritual, the African thing behind it. And um, I feel a deep connection because of my Puerto Rican roots and how we are connected to African music. And sure. with him really touched my heart. I feel like, wow, this is like something deep. You know, this, this guy is saying something here. It, even if, for me, he's like the Thelonious Monk of the drums. Thelonious mm-hmm. Monk is probably not the most virtuosic technical piano player that people think but sonically he's innovative and the things that he do and 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 you know what i'm saying some people some players they think mug is i'm telling you mug is sharp is sloppy or elbing is sloppy but these guys they're they're just innovative pioneers and lb jones definitely influenced me uh, in many different ways well kind of goes back to what you were saying at the beginning um it's it's refreshing you know, yeah, and and yeah, the older I get, the less I care about technicality. It's like, yeah, I'd rather hear your voice and and hear you stutter a little bit, but mm-hmm. I know it's you talking and you're excited about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So, um, exactly. I mean, be, living in Boston and New York throughout your twenties and thirties, uh, were you able to see Elvin at all when he came through? No, I, I saw him in Puerto Rico once. Oh, the, okay, in a in a jazz festival. And it was um, by the time he was using the Yamaha and you know with his Yamaha snare and everything, it was a beautiful concert. I was impressed at how loud he played. I thought he was a soft player, but there he was playing loud and, and going down where he needed to go down. It was it was like a roller coaster. <laughs> but yeah, seeing him live, it was pretty life changing. Only once at the moment, I was not as appreciative. Because I was more into Latin music at the time, I was excited for this other guy coming after him. But I did saw it. I was, I, I was like, "Wow, this is a different game. This is different world." Yeah, I never saw him, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. All right, so the album, the n- number three, is the Chick Corea Electric Band. Release years 1986. The artist is, of course, Chick Corea. The song choice is Silver Temple, and the drummer is Dave Weckl. And yeah, we were talking about this before we got on. Randomly, some of these records, um, these older uh, rad records, are not on Spotify or Apple Music, which I don't blame them because uh, you make more money if people buy your records. But um, this is going to be ripped off YouTube, so go go buy the record. <laughs> but here is here is Silver Temple.
his ability to make it sound like there's four people playing the drums right now when it's just him. My God, man! <laughs> yeah. Dave yeah. Markle should have a portrait at the White House. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, Dave Markle was just an alien, man. It's not real. It's it's just for me. It was entirely life changing. The possibilities of everything in the drums. Still today, man. It's just a challenge. And oh, there's going to yeah. be a hundred years. It's still going to be a challenge. This this guy's a natural treasure, no doubt. And, and man, the most influential, one of the most influential drummers in the world today in any mm -hmm. style of music, gospel, rock, metal, salsa. Man, salsa too, Latin music, flamenco. Everyone, there was a time that everyone wanted to be Dave Wiggle. I don't remember people with the same haircut, sort of guy. It was, my man is definitely, especially... The most I learned from him was the, the concept of over the bar line. That that's something that um they we have it in Latin music, you know, in Latin music we're playing and we do this hit on, on the end of one or, or on, on the end of three, you know, it's confusing and you know how we it, you know we, we're not always landing on the one. Sure. Wackle the way he brought that with with finesse and and, and you know and, and just the tosh and, and the splash where he put them and and his drumming when you, how he studied Latin music, how he studied with Changuito, and all these guys in Cuba, how he brought this to 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 the to the American contemporary. Between him and Gad, of course, Steve Gad is a big influence to him, and Steve Gad was doing the same too. But Steve Gad, um, you know, he's, he's older than him, of course, and he's younger, so more fire and all stuff. But um, but sure, Dave Wickle, man, and this album. Any man, just try to get try to nail one song the the right way, the way Good it luck. is, and and you tell me how it goes. And and yeah. after that song, you're gonna be a total different drummer. You're gonna be a your level is just gonna. In my opinion, there's no secrets in music. Everything's in the albums. You have to just nail the albums, transcribe the albums, learn this note by note. And I'm telling you, you're not gonna. I mean. So, we can we can you know, we talk about how you sound like someone, but it's just you learn so much like that, man. It's it's incredible. And, and with this album, I just still today I revisit constantly the solos, the touch, and besides, you know, I was a big Day Wiggle fan, and I'm still I, I'm still are you know a big fan. And the stacks, he used stacks and splashes and all this stuff. I mean, it was there. It was yeah. there in the '80s already. Um, he was doing all these grooves, and I bet this groove influenced like, the guys like, like, like you know, like Omar and, and the Mars Volta because they Absolutely. had grooves. They used all this stuff too, and and I and I met John actually Theodore. He loved jazz, and he loved all this stuff, and and definitely, you know, he influenced him to use this stuff. And but definitely Dave Werkel is the is our dad in modern drumming, and Benny Colaiuta too, mm -hmm. I would say. But but he's so documented. 
like it's well documented that and all these albums they had done and 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 Beanie too. Um but uh but him I feel man and I see him play live. Man, I have never seen him doing a mistake, to tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah. He always like nailing everything. It's like it's like Antonio Sanchez. I'm a good friend with Antonio Sanchez too. Antonio Sanchez is the same. These people they don't do mistakes. Like how? <laughs> Damn it, dude! Mess up once. Yeah. Come on, I need to. <laughs> like, uh, sometimes I'm like, just well, I'll do another drumstick. We'll see what happened. And even if I threw the drumstick to the drum set, it's probably hitting a nice spot and making musical. But he's sitting on the drums, you know. What what point of your um, kind of I guess your story of the drum set was that introduced to you? Well, when I was 14, that was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I went to music deep hard and um and I was introduced to his to his videos to the BHS like um yep. in the pocket serious moves and then those those albums brought me to th- that those videos brought me to his albums and from his albums I found the crown of hipness it was the Chick Corea electric band mm-hmm. and and from there man I'm still studying and and, and trying to imitate um because it, it is, it is iconic, definitely. Yeah, I love it that um, learn one of his songs and you will come out a different drummer. I, I love that quote. That's so beautiful. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It did it. Him and and man, there's so many. Will Kennedy too. Oh my God, Will Kennedy is another beast that I've been checking out, mm-hmm. and he's like that, but more greasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like oh my God. But yeah, definitely. Um, Chikore Electric Band. Even today, how the drum sounds today, the details, the man, ask any drummer, you know, Larnell Lewis, he loved mm. Weckle. Oh, yeah. Calvin Rogers, he loved Weckle. Um, you know, all these guys, man, we, <laughs> we're just babies compared to this guy, man. And his hairstyle's coming back, or maybe it's already back. You yeah, know, I definitely yeah. see people walking around looking super hip with that Weckle I know, mullet I'm... thing he's got going on. <laughs> and, and he lived um, in Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. So trust me, that's it's back for real now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, number four, the album is Triangulo. And the release here is, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, mm-hmm. White Boy from Seattle. But Triangulo, release year 2002. The artist is Michael Camillo. And the song choice is Descarga Frotito. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the drummer is Horatio, yeah, El Negro Hernandez. So um, let's just listen to a little bit of that and then and then we can talk about it. I know where the one is? Absolutely not.
was a cool little transition there. I mean, I get the whole thing's cool, but <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to ask you the obvious question because I don't know. What does a descargo mean? Descarga basically is is, is the part in in Afro-Cuban music when the percussion solo. Okay. So when they say descarga for something, it's just an entire composition dedicated to the percussion solos. So this one is descarga for Tito. So it's it's like a wawanko, somontuno type of thing in five. So it's got So I picked this album because it's Horacio. When I discovered Horacio, it just like blew my mind. He's doing 40 things at the same time. And he had that day world of sound that was really into it at the time. Mm-hmm. And and the possibilities of Latin music for me expanded totally. After seeing him, I, I I grew up in Puerto Rico. Of course, it's it's it's, it's more salsa driven and and, and reggaeton mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So I was into the percussion that period. And, and and when I saw this guy bringing all these ump meters and all this like flashiness that people like Dave Werkel do to 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 this music, it was a total life changing experience for me in Puerto Rico. It's not like Cuba. In Cuba, the drum set is really present in in the in the mainstream salsa, you know, um, industry. Mm-hmm. In Puerto Rico, it's more it, it's it's more somontuno, more percussion driven, and of course, they had drum set too. I didn't have a chance to to look at Latin drummers in Puerto Rico, drum set drummers that much until Horacio came, and then the whole everyone started playing drums and bringing more drums and 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 then the team the Cuban timba too was was bringing that influence at the same time and people like Robbie I mean was huge in in, in the industry too because he's he was more um in the salsa danceable in, in scene mm-hmm. and then Horacio came more for the Latin jazz scene like like he was working with Gonzalo Rubalcaba and and all the stuff but um just like the possibilities of the drum set in in, in Afro Caribbean styles, expand expand with Horacio so much in a way that that's still today is is influential. Yeah. And so does Michelle Camilo, not Michael Camilo. Yeah, <laughs> so, Michelle. Yeah, Michelle yeah. Camilo is a really um, he's a Dominican piano player, but he was really hot in the late '80s and, and early '90s, and ni- actually until the early 2000s, still today. But you know, he was his prime. He even recorded his first first album with Dave Werkel. Mm. Um, and yeah, he worked a lot with Dave, and he um, and he was huge in the Latin jazz world in the '90s and to early 2000s, and now today. But yeah, I, I realize that I know so little about like outside of my lane. Um, and so I love having you on. I hope that everyone mm-hmm. listening right now is just writing all these these names down because um, they definitely are <laughs> rabbit holes. Yeah. I know I say that word all the time, but I definitely need to mm-hmm. go down these because I need to expand um, quite a bit because um, these these are great drummers. My God. And speaking of drummers, let's let's go to a drum machine. Um, number five <laughs> is Hard Hard Normal Daddy, which is one of my favorite album names of all time. Came out in 1997. Uh, the rele- the artist is Square Pusher. What a song- genius! Oh my gosh! What Hands a genius! Mm-hmm. Song choice is Beep Street. 
he's just full of good names. So yeah, this is the Boss DR660 or 660 um, drum machine and the Yamaha QY700 sequencer. So let's just listen to a little bit of Beep Street. Um, and I'm just going to tell you guys to buckle up. And then uh, we can talk about it afterwards. But here's, here's Beep Street. just a possibility so with the drum set for me they just gotta spend it mm-hmm. how like sonically how playing other instruments give you another diff of, of, of what drums can be mm-hmm. like today you see that there's a lot of amazing drummers coming up in the last 10 years of 15 years because they, they play so many instruments like look a, a spot right he played keyboards bass drums you know everything and um and, and, and the kids today they're coming up like that too and with, with square pusher I, I noticed that him by you know he's a bass player and a producer and all the stuff but his drum language is just so unique and so mm-hmm. you know so refreshing again and i totally dive in, into this album i use it as my drum cardio <laughs> just, yeah uh, I just like, let me just grab one groove here, whatever I can land, at least for four bars, put the click at the slowest I can and try to reach that tempo mm-hmm. with that cleanliness, that clean. And 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 that is just an, an exercise for a lifetime. Um, there's some, there's, there's a lot of albums that he go more improvisation, you know, like an improvisation type of vibe. I picked this one was more groove driven, but, um, Everything, the approach that he used, and and some cats now they they're really influenced by him. I mean, I, I know Justin Tyson personally, and he loves Kurt Butcher. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, um, and you can hear it in in some new guys too. Like, I, so I don't I don't know him personally, but I can hear Squirt Butcher even in Mike Mitchell and and Ronald Bruner and stuff like that. It's so refreshing and difficult what he's <laughs> creating. I mean, it's such a challenge that I think it brings the instrument. People always say, you know, oh, no, the drum machines are taking over. Drums are going to be gone, you know, and probably it's true. In 25 years, we're going to be gone. But what about, well, how about we just, like, try to play better the drum machine, and, you know, and, and, and be there and, 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 and try to accomplish that. You know, we create the drum machine. Let's, let's, let's challenge the drum machine, too, you know. And, and that's, 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 a, that's a great album just to put yourself in it. 
in a different perspective of, of what drums can be, especially in the modern period of today and how this drum machines are so influential. And, and, and I mean, kids today, they learn how to play drums with drum machines. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they like um, The Weeknd, they like Drake, they like uh, Daft Punk, they like all this stuff. So yeah, this is, some of those are drum machines and, and and you can hear the sound, you can, you can hear how the drummer today is really in, in the grid. You can hear how people today have really great tempos, you know, mm-hmm. and and it's, it's a drum machine, it's people following those, 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 those poles, you know, and for sure, the drum machines are are not our enemy. They're our friends and we should learn from them. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Do you, mm-hmm. do you program a lot of drum machines a lot? I mean, is that something you consider yourself pretty proficient at? Man, sometimes I, I, I do some stuff with 808s, but most of the time what I do is just like try to emulate that in my drum set. So sure. I, I, I use like, you know, the, the stuff that you guys do, you know, the big fast snare drum, you know, artifacts. Yes, you guys thank have, you, by the um, way. Yes. That, they they helped so much. That for me was great because I used to like cut my own drum heads. It was horrible. The mess was crazy. And everyone did. And with, yeah. And with this, it's so nice. It's so durable. People love them. And for rehearsals, especially here in New York, it's great because you you know here the rooms are small and you don't want to like kill people, you know, mm-hmm. cure the earrings. So it's it's great. And 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 that's that, that's the way I see it. I, I'm I used to produce stuff with drum machines. Now I'm more like, no, I want to sound like that. And mm-hmm. record it to make it sound like that, and I think to you guys and stuff like that. We, we can we, today we were able to do it. Yeah, well, I mean, speaking going back to that new Vars, uh, Mars Volta record, I mean, you have an amazing way to mm-hmm. work with auxiliary stuff going on and make mm-hmm. it sound like one unit. Um, so I'm not surprised that you try and emulate it with this kind of stuff. It's very apparent yeah. you're playing. You are very contemporary that way. No, definitely. You we most try to stay relevant of what's happening today and 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 this products definitely help us and especially in one time uh, us drummers sometimes forget that that, that we're we're sometimes we're we're a loud instrument <laughs> yes and, and 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 i know people who have lost gigs because they just not not aware of that you know like sometimes you know, especially in boston you have to learn how to just play to play the room Mm-hmm. Play the room is a really important thing. It's gonna make you work. It's gonna make you, you know, help you get more gigs because some people they just don't know you're good or not. They just they just find it loud, and the guy can be straight up doing a crazy Danny Chamber solo. It's ridiculous, mm-hmm. but it's just it's loud for some people. But I I I do, yeah. Drum machines are your friends. Just try to try to be try to imitate them. Question: I think we have one more album or not? I think that was that was it. Yeah, that that was all five. Daddy and I was not there with pictures. Um, nope. We had Evil Empire, Love Supreme, the Chick Corea Electric Band, Triangulo, and then the Hard Normal Daddy. But hey, if you want to talk about, I'm always down <laughs> to talk about Jack. So if you wanna if you wanna make it the Big Fat Six, dude, let's let's do it. There's there's I no just, rules. Jack the Unit pictures. This album is great because it have Jack the Unit playing duos. And okay. and I just I discovered this album by studying the John Riley books, you know, those um how do you call it? The the Arrow Bob and B John Bob drumming. Yep. Yep. And something that for me was difficult as a Latino. It was how to play straight eights without playing a samba or a songo or something. Because that's for me straight eights, you know, for me it's so difficult to 
to create that gumbo that American drummer do. That's what I like about American drummers. American drummers, they have their own versions, their own American versions of, of, of these rhythms. Mm-hmm. But they sound hip to me. So people, for, for, for some Latinos back home, they're like, oh no, the flower is not there, whatever. <laughs> but um, but for me, this album helped me in, in, in to get that modern straight AIDS. That's basically a mixture of everything that uh, the, 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 the drummer, you know, the, 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 the American drummer have of, of a straight A feel, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it probably come from them trying to play bolsa or, or Latino in, in a way that that's the way it come out. But how, how that itself turned to a style today that we call modern jazz drumming. And and the, the first song, man, I'm sorry. I thought I put it on. I, I think, I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry you messed up. But um, but that album, I really would love to let people know because this album is, is you hear the first song and you know what I'm saying, because it's basically Jack opening his book to us saying this is me right here just drums yeah so all the all the tracks name are picture one picture two yeah, picture yeah, three so yeah. i'll just play i'll just picture play picture one. one picture one is the one that you have to yeah here we go oh he's so good So modern. This is 1976. Wow. But the sound drums. Mm-hmm. I love how in the middle of the song I said that I should come in. I don't know if you're gonna have time to hear it. It's at the minute, but you can hear it. I can play as long as you want. Yeah, we can just keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. I see where it comes. See, it's not, you know what it is. It's, it's a funk. Yeah, it's, it's a, so it's cool. a bosa. And, and, and that's something that they really helped me learn the, the straight A feel, this album for sure. Yeah. For everyone listening, I'm going to let this play for a little bit, so buckle up. Been slowly opening up his hi hat more and more as yeah. it goes on. There's nothing new under the table, guys. This has been done before. Everything. This guy's. It's like Francisco Mela used to tell me once, asking, "Who are the modern drummers that you love today?" And he told me, "Jack, Elvin, Tony. Those are the modern drummers even today. They're still the modern drummers." Nothing had changed. 
record I'm definitely going to go down today, right after I learn <laughs> um, the beat you played in Vigil at the end. Um, yes. so I, have, I have a full day <laughs> ahead of me. Um, but yeah, so where can people find out more about Willie? Where? Thank God I'm doing an album. Yeah. In two weeks, actually. I'm going to awesome. record it and look at to release it fall, summer, next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some shows coming up. I have a show with Smalls in January with uh, with, with saxophone legend George Garçon mm-hmm. and uh, and Peter Slavok on the bass. Uh, actually playing with Desron Douglas, another jazz, amazing bass player here in New York, this week in Pennsylvania. And, um, and yeah, we're busy working here in New York, doing our thing and... And yeah, surviving. My Instagram is Willie Timba, W-I-L-L-Y-T-I-M-B-A, like Timbaland, mm-hmm. the producer, so Willie Timba. Okay. I'm always posting, keeping people aware of my adventures. I have a website, willyrodriguezmusic.com. I put some stuff there too. And um, if you're in New York City, you know, don't, don't hesitate to DM. I love to share with people where the drumming is happening, where, where it's going on, where the cats are at this week. And... I'm quite involved in the scene because my wife is a jazz publicist herself. So I'm always going to all these different concerts and stuff. We have many artists that she represents. So yeah, definitely no, don't hesitate to hit me up. I've always loved to support the, the, the scene. You know, we, we need more people. We need more young drummers and, and, and more fresh ideas. So definitely. Well, Willie, again, this is an honor, man. You are a legend. Um, I'm so excited that with the Mars Volta, I'm happy that your drumming is being opened up to more people that might not have otherwise listened to your unique style of playing. And so I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for you and your future. And, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to little old me. And, and thanks for being supportive of the company as well. So just thank yous all around. You're great. Thank you, Ben, and thank you for having me. And you know, don't don't hesitate to hit me up. You're in the city, and and then we can talk deep about New York cats. There's some New York cats here, and and, and Boston too. That that they um they influence the community behind doors. That is really that's really important to talk about that people don't know. And you know, and and, and yeah, we could talk about drums for years. You know how we do. I love it. Well, that's that's why I do this podcast because I'm a forever student, um, and I learn so much from my guests. So, hundred um, percent, man. Definitely. Thank you so much. And anything you need, let me know. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon, dude. Cheers. Thank you, Ben. Bye. And that's the show. If you're listening on a platform that allows ratings and reviews, do that. It helps more people find the show, so it'll get bigger and better, and hopefully I'll have a chance to sell out one day. But you'll be an OG listener that can brag to all your friends. Anyways, why don't you go and check us out at BigFatSnareDrum.com and follow us on all the socials. Just search for Big Fat Snare Drum and you will find us. The show is edited in part using Isotope RX Audio Editor. It's amazing, so go check that out at Isotope.com. And thanks again to Gunnar Olsen for the theme music. Bye!